You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1137 of the Lost on Hawks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Tuesday evening into Wednesday. And today's podcast is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or that you don't need. And it can even help you negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Today's podcast, we'll get into all kinds of stuff about Hawks magic on Wednesday evening, which is coming up very, very soon. And also, I'll be joined in the second half of the podcast by Brian Schroeder for part two of a two-part discussion that we had over the weekend about the NBA draft. Brian was kind enough to join me for the first draft discussion of this cycle on this podcast. We talked about the top three or four guys in this class in his mind earlier in the week, and now part two with a little bit more depth later on in the podcast. First, though, Travis Schlenk addressed uh, at least one portion of the media on Tuesday morning, talking about the 92 the game audience, um, the flagship station of the Hawks, and he gave some pretty interesting quotes that I want to get into at the top of the show, then we'll sort of get into a preview of Hawks magic in a moment. Uh, Travis, first and foremost, seemed completely exasperated by the defense for the Hawks. I don't, want, I, I don't want to overstate it, but he definitely seemed like he was not having a lot of fun watching the Hawks play defense. I think everyone uh, kind of sees that. Um, I have the same thought on some level. I'm no, obviously not the same investment that Travis has, but um, defensively he was uh, clearly frustrated by what's been transpiring for the Hawks. Um, he referenced the blown leads and the five home losses that the Hawks have had in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to read the quote to you now from Travis. Quote, Good teams, don't, good teams don't do that. Playoff teams don't do that. That's what bad teams do. We just have to, we just have to be honest about that. End quote. Um, just to be technical, they didn't really blow a lead to Charlotte in their last loss a couple of, uh, I guess it was more like a week ago now. That game was kind of a back and forth. But the other four times they have blown leads, and obviously pretty flagrantly so on Monday and then in the game on, on Friday against Brooklyn, they kind of had that game in control on some level too. But the uh, sort of the one that peaked was that Houston loss. If you missed anything from that game, by the way, I talked about it in depth on this podcast feed yesterday. So that we'll, we'll cover some more of that obviously today, but that uh, entire game breakdown is definitely available to be listened to. Um, still the point remains, you know, Travis said they have to start taking pride on the defensive end. That's a direct quote from what he said, and I'm going to quote him now again. Right now, we're not a team that takes any pride in the defensive end of the floor, end quote, from Travis. He said it was fixable. That's obviously positive, um, but still he sort of railed on the effort and lack of pride on the defensive end of the floor. He kind of noted that the downturn um, kind of transpired when Bogdanovich went down, which is definitely true. He, he left that game against the Knicks, and the Hawks have been scuffling ever since, with, with the exception of that one red-hot game against Minnesota that they won. But honestly, uh, he seemed pretty exasperated, is the way that I would put that on the defense. Um, as far as other topics that Travis hit on, um, you know, he talked about Jalen and Sharif saying that they've been playing better in college park. We'll come back to those guys again in a second. Um, and he also said that he wouldn't mind alluding to having the play in Atlanta with kind of a laugh when he had the answer. I've said this before, or at least alluded to it. I'll say it pretty clearly now. I think the biggest thing, honestly, maybe that you could get – um, either Jalen or Sharif to play with the Hawks would be Travis kind of pushing it behind the scenes. We'll never know if that happens, but um, obviously he is Nate's boss at the end of the day, and he can kind of take it down, at least on some level. You know, Travis is not somebody that usually sort of toys with that kind of stuff, but um, it would go a long way if he wanted to have those guys play, and he seemed to be at least semi in favor of that on the uh, one interview that he did on Tuesday. 
Uh, I will always say this as well. He gives some injury updates. Travis is not always batting a thousand injury updates, but he talks about um, a Kongwu, by the way, who is um, out of town, has been for a few days now. He has a family issue. Um, he announced um, via Instagram, I believe it was, that his uh, his father passed away. So that's obviously a brutal loss. And uh, that you know he's gone back to Los Angeles, and he was not with College Park as they played a game tonight. He'll be back in the near future. And Travis said that actually Kongwu is getting closer to being playing uh, in Atlanta. So we'll see how how long that actually takes. But obviously. Uh, the biggest thing is that not basketball related there with Anika. Um Talks about Bogdanovich doing some side running and getting closer, but no timetable whatsoever from Travis on Bogdanovich. Hunter, kind of the same thing. He did say two or three weeks in passing. Um, I will just note that we're a little bit less than four weeks away from where the projection timetable was. It was eight weeks on the announcement, and that was a little bit more than four weeks ago. So you're still looking at three and a half, four weeks on that timeline. And lastly, Travis said that there's going to be a seven-month rehab for Solomon Hill. You know, the Hawks did rule him out for the season basically already, so nothing uh, out of the ordinary, but still that's a long road to recovery for Solomon Hill and uh, obviously wishing him the best as well. Uh, to the game itself, uh, on Wednesday the Hawks are in Orlando for an early tip, by the way. It's a 7 o'clock game. Always worth noting that. That's not the usual 7.30 tip-off slot. Um, interestingly enough, the Hawks actually sent Jalen Johnson back to the G League. He played tonight and played well as the Scholar Mace. Uh, good to see those guys playing well in College Park. Also likes to Galloway, who the Hawks just brought in in the G League. Um, just for clarity's sake, by the way, Galloway could not be um, just promoted to the Hawks in the way that Mays and Cooper and Johnson can go back and forth because Galloway is on a G League contract. Um, the Hawks don't have a roster spot open, so he's an NBA level player, but he cannot just be like unilaterally brought to Atlanta. Keep that in mind. Um, but Jalen's in the G League again, but Sharif actually stayed with the Hawks and he traveled to Orlando with the Hawks. So that's the first time those guys have kind of been split up. Um, they've kind of split Mays a little bit more often. In fact, Mays went back to the G League um, to anchor the backcourt in this game tonight for College Park. But uh, Sharif going with the team is noteworthy. Um, but does that mean that he's definitely going to play? Uh, I would say definitely not on that. It does not mean it does not mean that for sure. But it is certainly interesting. And if you are someone who wants to see, wants to see Sharif Cooper play, it's not a bad thing that he would travel with the team and kind of not go back to College Park in that way. So we'll see if, the, if Nate kind of throws a curveball with rotation on Wednesday. But uh, he's with the team right now as I'm recording this on Tuesday evening. Elsewhere in that matchup, Bogdanovich, Hunter, Hill, and Okongwu still unavailable for Atlanta, plus Mays is in the G League right now, as is Jalen, as of the time of this recording. Um, the Magic are banged up as well. Mo Bamba is questionable for Orlando. And then beyond that, Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, John Isaac, Michael Carter-Williams, Etwan Moore, all out of the lineup. Suggs, of course, being a top-five pick this year. The other guys like um, Fultz and Isaac have been out all, all season long. And I'll just say this now. The Magic are very bad. Yes, uh, Houston's also pretty bad. But Houston, at least recently, is playing a lot better than Orlando is. Uh, Orlando is currently in the bottom three in both offensive and defensive rating. They have the worst net rating in the NBA. They have the second worst record in the NBA. They are very bad. They've lost five in a row, et cetera, et cetera. And the Hawks beat them by 18 points at home exactly a month ago, um, November 15th. So two, a month to the day, they will have just, you know, they throttled the Magic in their home building. Now, uh, can the Hawks lose? Certainly they can. As we saw them give away that game on Monday to Houston, it's the NBA. Um, the Magic have NBA players. You can always lose, but this is a game in which the Hawks uh, have to, I don't want to say have to win in terms of like must-win situations in December, but uh, it would be another bad loss if the Hawks didn't win this game, at least barring some sort of weird weirdness here, because Orlando is not as good as Atlanta. It's on the road. That's worth pointing out, but our friends at Battle Line actually make the Hawks 7.5-point favorites even on the road 
in this game, which kind of tells you if it had been in Atlanta, it would have been more like 11 and a half, 12, 12 and a half, something like that. So a pretty large spread in talent between these two teams. The Hawks are better, and we'll see if they can hold serve. But um, in terms of stuff to look for, yes, um, will I grade on a curve on some level ones tonight when the Hawks play against the Magic? Probably, but if they can't stop the Magic on some consistent level, especially after hearing what Travis had to say and his uh, his baffled uh, t- tone of voice talking tonight he's been on the game today. Um, frustration will certainly boil over. I mean, I listened again. Even after I recorded, I listened once again to the post-game press conferences last night. John Collins exasperated. Trey Young frustrated. Everybody was kind of uh, in kind of a funk after the game on Monday. So no surprise there. I think the Hawks should and probably will come back with an inspired effort against Orlando, and they should win the game. But uh, we'll have all that coverage coming up on the podcast, I assure you, after the game on Wednesday. I'll be traveling, but I will have a new podcast up before your Thursday morning commute, so please stay tuned for all of that. All right, before we get to a break, uh, one, one more reminder. When I come back from this commercial break, I'll be joined by Brian Schroeder to uh, wrap up a conversation that I had over, with him over the weekend. You'll hear it sort of join in progress, so no grand intro, but Brian is a fantastic NBA draft analyst. If you missed the show over the weekend, it's still available in the feeds right now, and there'll be a segment with myself and Brian, and another set of ads, and then one more segment after that. So about another half hour or so with myself and Brian talking NBA draft, and then that'll be it for today's show. And uh, without further delay, a word from our sponsors on the show today, and the first of which is Stance. I've been hearing a lot about Stance Apparel lately, especially because they've been launching a new line of active apparel, plus it's holiday gift-giving time, and Stance is the coolest gift that you can give. It's incredibly comfortable and well-made. Their socks, their shirts, their joggers, and their hoodies. And Stance is so much different than everybody else because, honestly, a lot of stuff is boring. Socks, underwear, apparel that we always have to sell back in for at the end of the day. But Stance changes the mindset by offering color, comfort, and creativity like no other. Stance was founded in 2009, representing a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good, and you can go see for yourself by registering for an account at stance.com and get 50% off your first purchase using the promo code Locked On at checkout to apply. Once again, that is promo code Locked On at checkout, 15% off at stance.com. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary life with Stance. Big picture question for you. Let's say those are the top four guys we just talked about. Mm. Who is the most likely guy in your mind? to end the season in your personal top four. That's not one of those guys. Andrew Griffin. <laughs> I guess that was not I would fair. Say, I, would say Peyton, <laughs> I would say Peyton Watson. Peyton Watson has been – he just has not been ready to contribute offensively at all. The defense has been awesome. Well, I don't – yeah, not Matherin. Not, I mean, I'm a big Jabari Walker guy. I think he's awesome. I think he's more like a ninth, tenth guy. Like, if he really tops out – I have a hard time with this, too, like, because, like, there's not any – it's those four guys. I'm not, like, absolutely over the moon for all four of them, but I have a hard time figuring out who's five for me, like, particularly if Griffin doesn't, like, become Griffin again because there's nobody Ooh. that I'm in love with after those four. There's right now, five for me is probably Campbell Brown. And, and Until he stops having this yeah. incredible production, he's been awesome. Like, he's been a great passer. He sits in threes, like, which is good because he like, literally did not shoot. He was basically center before that. Um, but like he's having like a historically good year as a freshman, and like defense is great. And like, like I said, the passing is just he just looks like a starting wing. Um, Caleb Houston, maybe now that he's hitting shots. I, I mean, believe, oh, by the way, Caleb he's, he's, a, he's a Michigan guy, so I've, he's the guy I've seen the most. Um, out of everyone other than maybe Paolo and Chet, um, it, it was a rough start 
Uh, I still believe as well. The talent is very much there. I think if people look at his numbers right now, they're going to laugh at your, they're going to laugh at your, at your assertion. Um, but I, I would recommend watching him. He's definitely better than his numbers have been so well, far. He's what is he like? I didn't, I didn't see anything today. He's like, he's like five for his last 18 or six for his last 18 three. Like he's hitting some threes. Like he's not, a, I mean, he's he, wasn't even threes. Like like a, he was shooting like, I think 38% coming into the game today. Like yeah. he wasn't not making threes and he, he was one of four today, but like, he's only averaging, I think like nine and a half points a game for the season. And that's like a weird thing for a Michigan team. That's kind of struggling right now. Their problem that guy's and, supposed to be a lottery, a lottery pick. <laughs> their problem, you. And, and you'll agree with this. Well, I mean, people should learn from Franz last year. Michigan is kind of a unique circumstance because they have so many other players. Well, they, cut, they but, kind of miss Franz to be honest with you, but yeah, uh, but they're, they're, well, their real problem is that, and this is sort of a France adjacent thing, but it's it, the real problem is that they have bad guard play. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Eli Brooks is like a tremendous third guard, and he's now their best guard by a lot, and that's where they are. Um, eventually, Kobe Buffman will get his two, his two minutes, and they will be good. Right now, they're playing um, Frankie Collins more, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, he's it's, good too. He's a good college. He is. He's, he's interesting. Not to make this a whole, a whole Michigan thing, but like, I, I think I. Usman, I'm with you. Usman Jang might be a guy who gets up there for me, the NBL guy. Oh, that's uh, interesting. He looks fascinating. I, I, I've, I have never seen him, and I've also never I, – I, that's not true. I've only seen uh, Montero from Overtime Elite, I think, for like one half of one game. So I have yeah, no I, idea what's going on there either. He's but, been good. He's been good, but the level of competition, I think, is hard to really That's my – I was going to ask you that, actually. So let's do that now for a second. Overtime's gotten, like, a lot of press recently. I know, like, Windhorse was in town uh, covering Hawks Nets the other day and was there talking about it on his podcast, and it's they're obviously in my good, city. They're, they're playing good high school teams. Like, they're playing – but they're still playing high school. Well, I was going to say, like, but, what do you even take from me? Because it's basically just designing a lab for social media. Uh, yeah. And, like, you can't really scout anything you see. So it's, I'm having a hard time, like, figuring out, like, I guess G Montero is, like, pretty clearly the best prospect that's there right now for this draft. Um, yeah. Well, but unless, unless, some, unless things change. Um, that, I, guess, I guess that's a cop-out for the, your, your question of what guys in the top four. If the Thompson Twins be, are ruled eligible for the 2020 draft, I may have them wanted to. Oh because, really? Wow! And they're and they're the, they're the year, obviously the year but they're the year behind right now. Yeah, um, but they're they're also they're both going to be twenty next year, or nineteen next year. They're both. I would say twenty. <laughs> How old are they right now? No, they're uh, both going to be nineteen next year. They're eighteen right now, so like they'd be one they, and two for you next year. You think? Maybe wow. I'd have to watch them a little more. They are absolutely like surreal, like beyond. I mean, they had, they both had. Osar had a forty-eight inch vertical, and they then had a forty-seven inch vertical, and they it looks like that's true. I'm watching them, they're terrifying. They're both like point guards. They're both hitting threes. I don't know. I, I haven't looked in a while, but I think they both have like a. Osar had like a six steal percentage in overtime elite. It's like this is terrifying. Um, but that that's of course I again that's bias where like I'm always going to take. That's why I was still paid over Mobley. I might still be. I'm always gonna take the guy who has the ball in his hands, and those guys will have the ball in their hands. But they're they doesn't seem like they're going to be ruled eligible this year. Um, maybe I guess the rumor was that the NBA, the NBA was trying to downplay them because they're not playing for the ignite. Um, but they're they're just they're they're both terrifying, terrifying basketball players to watch. Okay, well there you go. Now it's not something, something to look out for. Um, in the near, in the near speaking future. speaking of ignite, people may be asking. I think people who are more ca- maybe more casually following this stuff or following like the YouTube highlights, uh, Patrick Baldwin and Jaden Hardy are the other guys who got thrown around. They both been fine. 
Baldwin's had some weird shooting. I mean, he's he's shots. playing. Okay, so this is my hypothesis. You you can correct me. I'm still early on Pat Baldwin in terms of watching him. He's at Milwaukee playing for his dad. Uh, he does not profile in my thought process of what I've seen and what I've heard as an as a primary guy in the NBA. But it, he's obviously playing at Milwaukee, so he's yeah. very obviously the best player on the team. But it's like the worst possible situation for a guy mm. who's not going to be a primary because he has to be the primary. Is that kind of yeah. what we're seeing? Yeah, it's him or Vin Baker Jr. Vin Baker Jr. is on that team. Uh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, yeah, he's just – they got they got boat raced by Colorado. They got whooped. Jabari, Jabari Walker personally took it down on Patrick Baldwin Jr. But I still think, like, he, he has some flashes, but the shooting is real. I mean – Whatever else is going on with Michael Porter Jr., I think we've learned that like that level of shooting at six ten is, is worth betting on. Six nine, six ten, and yeah. then uh, Jaden Jaden Hardy's been good. Jaden Hardy's been really the biggest victim of the G League Ignite team not being good this year, like not having worse veterans. Jared Jack is gone, and they replaced him with Pooh Jetter. Amir Johnson doesn't play. Shout out to Jared Jack. Um, like Jesse Govan is like their lead guy. Like they just have not had. They, the talent level they, they's dropped off precipitously for them. He's been the biggest. He's just been like double and triple teamed, and it's just not going in the line very much. He, but he's been all right. Dyson Daniels has been all right. Marion Bochamp has been, been solid for them. Um, also, you know, not it's not really his fault. He didn't sign on to play with the best American-born guard of the last 15 years, but he did. So he's got Scoot Henderson on it. Scoot Henderson is not in this draft. He cannot be in this draft. He's won a dozen four. He cannot. But he's on the G League Ignite and he's been really good. <laughs> uh, I, I I read um, well not that I've I had seen him play a couple times before this, but I also read I think it was Howard Beck. Somebody finally did the like national the big profile on him mm-hmm. nationally, and it was like oh um, people are noticing this guy who is like clearly like really good in the G League as a high school as like a high school junior basically <laughs> yeah in terms of age uh, pretty wild stuff uh, not in this I mean him and Amani Bates are the guys like people cannot figure out are not in this class like nope no. not eligible sorry um, but still worth pointing out that he might he might be the best prospect in America right now mm-hmm. um, I think I think he's definitely he looks I mean he's had a couple lesser games since those two or three he broke out with but I don't really care if you have a 30 if you have a, a a, was it 32 10 and 8 and then like a 27 7 and 5 game against grown men as a 17 year old you you are I'm sorry, you are an elite prospect i don't care i don't care yeah. if he doesn't shot the rest of the year um Frankly. he also he was he was one of the guys it was really funny uh in in at summer league this year there was one point where i was sitting about four or five rows up from him and then behind us like two or three rows behind us was shed Holmgren. And chat was like distracted. So it was like, who's this? Look at this guy. But at one point, the person I was with, I think it may have been PD again, was like, hey, look, there's Scoot. And we looked over and I was going to ask, who, I was like, oh, who? And then I noticed, I was like, oh, it's that guy who looks like he weighs 400, like this brick shit house. He is <laughs> big. He is a large 17 year old. Um, yeah, I think, I think he may be the best American born guard come through high school ranks in 15 years. In a while, yeah, he's been uh, what's he like six, six four, two hundred pounds. Yeah, he's uh, he's he looks player. like a freak. I mean, he'll have that he'll have that record for one year until DJ Wagner comes around, but that's not his fault. Also, um, um, I, I, I should mention that Scoot Henderson is from Atlanta as well, yes. the Atlanta area. 
Uh, lo- Another monster player. I guess I'll, I can do a quick run through some other guys who people are going to have questions about. Kennedy Chandler has been do. very good. Um, I have the same. Uh, he's going to have the same problems as a finisher and a paint guy as Sharif had without like the cool flair, but he's been good. He's been like really aggressive, attacking guard at like 6 1. So he's hit threes, which he didn't really do before. Uh, I think, yeah, Trevor Keels has been solid. He's going to ride that, that Kentucky game. For a I was while, say, he, still, he had a he had a big famous game to start the season, which is always helpful. But I'm not I'm not going to hold that against him because Tyrese Maxey did the same thing and it was kind of bad. And people will use that to act like he wasn't a top ten prospect in that class, which he was. I don't know if Trevor Kills is that he's not that kind of like flair and creativity, but he's just a good big big body dude. Solid. I think he'll be a pro. Uh, people uh, speaking of Kentucky, Ty Ty Washington's been fine. J.D. Davison, I know, is a guy that gets lottery talent thrown around. And he's had some moments, but he's also – I just don't think it's a guard. He doesn't have guard skills. I guess the passing has been all right. He's just like an Isn't athletic guy. Isn't he like 6'3"? Three? Yeah. I don't know. He's, he'll probably go – again, this is not you, – you, 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 you better have guard skills in 6'3". <laughs> he's not – he's, he's going to probably go top 15, though, just because, like, there's just no guards this year. We'll have more with myself and Brian in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors on the show today, and the first of which is BetOnline.ag. Football season continues, and the march to the playoffs is here, and BetOnline has you covered all season long for more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season, and you can head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% extra cash and a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. One more time, that is promo code LOCKEDON to receive that welcome bonus from BetOnline.ag. With basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, golf, tennis, auto racing, and much, much more, in addition to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of this amazing offer and all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And one more time, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, and that is Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's delicious, and it's healthy. With so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Well, you have raspberry mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. There are so many different options with Built Bar. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the extra holiday shoppers that are out and about. So if you're just standing in endless shopping lots, Built Bar can give you all the extra something that helps you keep going. Throw one in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. And because it's the season of peace and love, do not bring up your favorite Bilbao flavors at family parties because people are so passionate about their favorite flavors, they'll fight you for it and things can get even out of hand. If you're friends with Santa, well, tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in the stockings this year and with so many flavors that make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. And if you like some of the marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, and they taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Finally, if you want something to cozy up to with something warm as a holiday secret, you can dip Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, give your beverage a nice Built Bar flavor, plus you'll have that nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. And with all of that said, you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order with Built Bar. Yes, that's promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at Built.com. There's like nobody you could. There's just like three guys you can look at. And be like, oh, that guy could start a point guard for me in the future. And it's well, like the, the fact that the fact that, and this is not a slight at Jaden Hardy, but I've seen him play I think three times now, 
And I, I kind of can't believe he's supposed to be a lottery pick. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's a talent. He's talented. He's um, not a point guard anyway, but, but yeah, agreed. But he's, you know, he's, he's still that like six, three, six, four kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. guard. Cam he's Thomas, definitely more of an off Cam guy, Thomas but like, says. yeah, but the backcourt in general in this class, um, the fact, you know, again, I, getting my first kind of looks at these guys and being told, or at least people that are smart telling me that he's probably going to go like late lottery. It's like, I don't really see it. And it's not, it's, again, I'm not piling on him. It's, it's just one example. It's pedigree for sure. And also, you know, he's, he's in the ignite and it, it's not like, I can tell you there's a lot of guys behind him that are supposed to be better either. So it's not, it's more of a, uh, like you said, it's more of a guard thing. Obviously um, Ivy's kind of taking the mantle of that top guard in this class right now, but there are not a ton of like go- like pure guards behind him that are supposed to, that in my mind are like, Oh, that looks like a lottery pick to me. Yeah. I mean like Max Aismas is going to be in that next group. And I, I love Max Aismas. He's not oh, like a surefire NBA player. Marcus Sasser is kind of the same boat, like a small shooter. Um, Iverson Molinar from Mississippi State. I mean, we got might as well throw Scotty Hippen Jr. in there if we're looking at tall, small guards you can shoot. Scotty Hippen I mean, Jr. is an awesome scorer. Ty Ty Washington, yeah, LJ Cryer. You got Ter- uh, this guy, Taron Armstrong, not bad, but he might be a guy, but yeah, what's going on there? Stuff. I heard, I heard some, I think, I think, I think it was uh, Mark Schindler and Jake Rosen's podcast. Somebody, I think it was maybe it was uh, one of those. Awesome. Guys. Six um, four, six five, and it's like it just looks like an awesome passer. I've never seen him, but I am yeah. very intrigued after hearing him described. So I'm, I'm. But yeah, we're getting, we're getting like Michael Devoe might be first on pick because he can shoot. Like there's just this is a bad guard class. It's just not. It, it, it like looks no, like it. <laughs> it's just like thank no, God for Jaden Ivy, I suppose, for like kind of having a breakout. Otherwise, it'd be even uglier. There are probably five guards who'd be the top guard this year, give or take with with Jaden coming out next year. What about like last year's class compared to this year's class in the backcourt? Obviously, that's kind of asking you to go backwards. But you know, you had you had obviously you know Cade's not a guard, but has played there. You know, Jalen Green, Suggs, Giddy, Dave. Certainly Yon better on paper. Certainly better on paper. Yeah, like it's like Suggs and Giddy and Davion would all be, I think, at that top group. Even yeah. I mean, where, I where, where would where would where would, where would like Trey Mann be in this class? Probably the same same place he was. Like he went too high. Oh, I mean Sharif would be Sharif would be number one guard this year for me. I, I always um, forget. I always forget that you, that you just love Sharif with a with a burning passion like Hawks fans. He's great. So Bones, no, Bones Highland, Bones Highland up there. Jaden Springer. Yeah, this that's a better class last year. A guy like Jason Preston probably would get more, a lot more a lot more run for me this year. Miles McBride would. Jared. I mean Jared Butler was a top prospect. He just has. Well, yeah, Jared Butler should have gone on the top like 17 last year. Delano, Delano Banton was an interesting guard. Yeah, there's just a lot more guards last year. Even then, even then it wasn't a good guard class. No, I mean, um, obviously it was a little bit flawed in some respects, but that, that kind of tells you like that pretty clearly seems like a better guard class than this one and this one and last year it wasn't like it blew you away on the, on the guard line. So Yeah, it's not very good. And then I'll just go through some wings here real quick that I have. Like I mentioned Jovic, Houston, Max Christie still looks pretty good. Harrison Ingram from Sanford's had a really good year. I said Peyton Watson, Matherin. Bryce McGallans, I might be kind of out on now. He's just not dealing with physicality well at all when they play when they've been playing better teams. He's shooting like 15% from the field in December. Do you like do, just, do, do you like do you like Julian Strother? Yeah, Julian Strother, I like. I mean, he's six seven and shoot. So yeah. He's like super Smart. off the radar because he's like the fifth guy at Gonzaga, but like yeah. he might be. Good. Um, Johnny Davis has made a lot of fans this year from Wisconsin. He's been their best player. He's been awesome. Christian Brown, Oshai Abaji is still around. Parrot Shannon's still around. Wendell Moore. I'm a big Matt Cleveland guy, but the two guys that I am a big, I'm a big, I'm a big, big, I don't know if he's going to come out this year. A huge Alex Fudge guy 
because he is six foot eight and can defend five everyone on the floor at once. I mean, he's six foot eight, like 170 pounds, and he can't shoot. And he's really young, so it's probably not this year. But I'm a huge Alex Fudge guy, and I'm really excited for what he's going to look like in like 18 months. And he was like a what top 50 ish guy in this class coming in. Um, interesting, big LSU recruit. But then the other guy, the guy that I think um, the Hawks fans should really be interested in is I know I know he's on their radar because he's a wing size guy, the shooter, Julian Champetti. And I would not be surprised at all if they took him because he, again, he's a six foot eight guy who can shoot threes. I mean, he um, flirted with the draft last year for a while, right? Should have gone. Yeah, but um, I, I think, I think he, I think the reason he didn't, though, honestly, is pretty un- understandable because he's the best player on the only team of note in the biggest city in the world. The year that they start paying you for endorsements, <laughs> so he's probably making. Pretty good fun. I thought you were. About, I thought you were about to make a Knicks joke, and then you didn't. So that was unfortunate for me. No, like, like, but like, you're being. The, he's the number one college athlete in the city of New York. Like, if they true. make a tournament run, he would be the most. He will be like the talk of the city, and he's gonna make money from that. Like, that, that's more okay. more money than you'd make from an NBA two way contract. Maybe. So his brother signed. Yeah, I mean, and his brother. I think he's better than his brother, but his brother was like very productive well-regarded college player who just didn't, I don't know. He's, but, like, yeah, can we look here? Yep, 3.5 steal percentage this year, too. He's shooting exactly 40% on a lot of threes a game. 60 attempts already in nine games. Julian Champagne is really good. <laughs> Bomb, bombs away. Um, no, that's interesting. That's obviously a ton of names. People can kind of we'll, – we'll, we'll take stock of them as we go. I guess, I guess I can go through a few more bigs, too. Real quick, sorry. Yeah, fire, no, fire away. Yannick Zosa is still around. Effie Abajidi is one of my other guys who's been awesome minutes at Washington State for no real reason, but he's still, like, an awesome athlete, awesome vector. Tristan Vukcevic, Roko Pachacin, those guys also. We mentioned Roko. Roko's had a terrible year. I feel bad. Um, I mentioned Tari Eason. He's the other guy at LSU. He's been awesome. He looked like Paul Reed. Numbers wise, Justin Lewis is a guy from Marquette who I think is interesting. Damian Collins, Kentucky, will probably get drafted. And then uh, the two two other like late first center guys who kind of I think are going to be more valuable than Jalen Duran might be at like six. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana. I think this is year, the year he leaves. He's been awesome. And then everyone's favorite, Mark Williams from Duke. It's weird that this Duke guy is getting a lot of buzz for no for, for no particular reason, but he's very good. He's huge. He's like a really good rim protector. Like I, there's no like shooting there at all. There's no ball handling there at all. But he's a seven foot guy. It's weird because on one hand, I, I think people are trying to find the NBA loves tools, and this guy has tools. But I think people always want to put like they want to really. Well, a, a first off, first first most importantly, he's playing at Duke, which means he just gets an inborn advantage. Like you just hear about him more <laughs> because he's on Sports Center all the time. It, it really just, did come uh, out of nowhere, Mark. Like Mark Williams, I know he had a great like close to last season, mm-hmm. but like when he had the when he had the big game against Gonzaga, it was like, is he a lottery pick? And it's like, wait, Mark Williams, like that Mark Williams that was yeah. not anywhere on the radar to do that. And one, I mean, he, he had a great game. Don't get me wrong, he was awesome that game. But like, he's been very good. It just he's came very on good this year. pretty strong. I, I guess I guess my question for him is, why is he a lottery pick but Coloco isn't, or Adama Sanogo from UConn isn't? Is it? Basically the same, or Musa Diabate is. Musa Diabate is shorter, but still similar, like crazy tools guy. Um, it's because he plays Duke. Like I said, last year at Summer League, 
the number one question I got asked by like eight different people was like, so what's up with Jalen Johnson? Is he, is he a bad guy? It's like, you are only saying that because you heard about it because he, because the Duke media machine went into overdrive to say he was a piece of shit or whatever. <laughs> and he also, That's like, you know, yeah, I'm, it, that was a weird exit. And obviously he's uh, a talented guy who fell too far in the draft, <laughs> which we talked about a lot. Um, I don't know. It's so early, but also but anyways, it's not anymore. Mark Williams, I think, will be a late first rounder. I think he, he you can get like you can get value of him. I just oh sure yeah he has how many how many sure. raw centers have really worked out? The only one I can think of who was not a high draft pick was Capella, and he's been like platonic ideal of that. I just don't think you're going to get that from everybody. But the, these are reasons to, to not take Mark Williams at like twelve. These are not reasons to not pick him at like twenty eight. Like the yeah, Bucks I mean, would use him, the, it, the Warriors could probably use him. So like, yeah, he'll. Kind of a lot of stuff is like where, where you get picked is uh, a big part of like how much value you need to return and what you're trying to get out of guys and who is taking you. The, team, the teams at the end of the first round, it's always important to like to know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. usually good teams they're trying to win now and they're not yeah. trying to develop you in a ton. I mean, obviously you want to develop, but they're not looking necessarily. They're either looking really really long term with like big swings or they're looking for guys who can play for them soon. So, and I think Mark Williams could block shots and rebound at the NBA level tomorrow. Yeah, he, so. he could be a, he could be a backup center in, in a lot of different ways. Obviously, take him a second because most rookies just need a second to get ready. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you can definitely see that short. That's basically short everybody. There's a few of the guys who could come back from injury, or, or I could see more of and, and jump up. Uh, you know, like Dylan DC was a guy like that. I'm trying to think now of uh, other the uh, other guy from uh, Memphis. What's his name? Minot, the the guard, the six eight guy. Oh, Memphis yeah. Memphis has been disappointing, though. I mean, that Ooh, team is a complete mess. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's... And he's not a very good coach. Well, who who would have um, ever thought that if uh, you didn't have a point, a, major, a high-level point guard on your roster, uh, all respect to Alex, Loma, Alex Lomax, who cannot... We, we love respect. We love respecting Alex Lomax here. It's all he's good. he's like a totally fine 10-minute-a-game backup point guard in college. <laughs> Yeah, and he's Imani's just not very good. Imani does not look. It's weird because I think he had a couple of really good games to start, and he just fall. That's a whole other thing that we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do that at some point, like the Imani thing. But like, I don't know what to make of him. And obviously, it's, it's the next class at this point. Again, one, one, more, one more reminder: Imani Bates and Scoot are not in this class. And, they and neither is Victor Wembanyama. They were all Correct. born in the first few months of 2004, which means they won't turn 19 until 2023, which means they can't. Well, the, the weird one though, like you know, this is like people's people's brains. They see. A guy played college basketball, and yeah, they're not, yeah. and they're not thinking he can't be in the draft. That, that's that's the weirdest one. I, you know, Scoot being in the, sort of in the far off place of the G League, and also you know Victor being overseas. Like it, I understand it breaks people's brains to see a guy playing at Memphis that can't be in the draft this year. So I get it, but uh, wasn't there? I think there was a national outlet that wrote a whole piece about how money should be something in this class, and I was like, uh, he literally isn't in this class. Can't remember which one. Was. Also, I, I mean, he would get drafted this year. I don't think he'd get drafted very highly. Like he's just been bad. He'd go, he'd go in the first round. You know he would. I'm not yeah. saying he should, but you know he would. He, he'd go somewhere. In I mean, the he'd go in the first days. round, and I, I, he, I would say deservedly because he's like a six, seven, six, eight guy who could shoot. Right, he has tools. Like, he does not have tools. Is the thing. I, he's not a very good athlete, and he's, uh, he's got like a six, six or six, seven wings. I think he has a negative wingspan. Well, I don't yeah, think his but you know, he's, good. he's still six, eight, and has. Yes, yeah. yes, I shouldn't have said. Yeah, there was there was a point. Memphis at their pro day, and he had like a twenty six inch vert or something. It was like horrific. So why would you Why would you put this out? So well, yeah, that's it. that's crazy enough in itself. But this is also not to do the whole thing, but like 
maybe you should have been in a program not run by a family member for the last couple of years, perhaps. Yeah, maybe uh, you should have played literally any other notable teams for like two and a half years. And no, then- honestly, and I, I really do wish I, I do wish and hope that he figures it out. Um, because you know, it is it's kind of just it's disappointing and it's unfortunate for oh, him. Oh, yeah. He still he still has the talent to be a good NBA player. It's just, I mean, I can really shoot. He can shoot. So yeah, uh, he has that I, skill. And he had the the totally unfair next LeBron thing that uh, one that, that a guy gets next Durant years, thing, the next Durant or that whatever it is, like you know the next the next guy, whatever it's going to be, and it's yeah. often unfair. He, and he got really early, and that's a ton of pressure on him, and that's that's unfortunate. But uh, I'm hoping that maybe the sky is clear a little bit. Maybe he has this kind of you know lost season with Memphis being kind of bad, and they can get it. He can get get it together for next year, and when he's actually dropped. Well, off. when he's when he's playing in the G League and not that Memphis. That's well, more, that's that seems yeah. like the likeliest outcome. Well, and honestly, that would be better for him, I would imagine, just because he could actually go to unless the physicality is just wait like even worse, which that's well, yeah, concern. but I would just say like philosophically, getting yeah. him in a room with NBA uh strength and conditioning and training regiment and playing its pros and kind of being in that little bubble that they have is probably going to be good for him, I would say, versus playing at Memphis. This is the second year out of three. This is two two years out of three that Memphis has gotten two super prospects and then has been, like, a bad team. Yeah, I mean, last year, I, they, I they did figure Saban. it out I, late in the season. So maybe I, they'll figure I like, it out again, but I don't know. I want Penny to be good, but ooh. Yeah, it's not going well. All right, that's enough of that. Yeah. Brian, uh, Brian uh, thank you for all the knowledge. I will definitely ask you slash beg you to come back on again later in the season, but it's a good sort of primer to get people going. Um, anything else that you want to um, get out there, please feel free. Uh, I know I'm a, a patron of yours on, on Patreon and that's a good place to find you. And yeah, I haven't been doing on. as much as I wanted because I kind of had to move and I've had a lot of like, just I had to work, I had to pick up some weirder hours and I haven't been able to get my schedules right. But once I get settled in, I'm planning on trying to write more, even if it's just like talking about guys I like, talking about Alex Fudge. I also just don't have, I don't have, the, I'm not good at getting video. That's always been a problem for me. So it's harder for me to talk about like this guy. I, I feel like it's hard to talk about basketball without some sort of visual, it's a visual game. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to write more. I'm going to try and be more productive. And I hope people can help me out with that. Yeah, I think people should definitely check out that. It is patreons.com slash Cosmos still or no? No, uh, Brian J. Brian J. MBA. See, that, I knew that and I should have known. I, I don't know what that other name is. It automatically, <laughs> I forgot about that. It is, uh, um, it automatically transferred me over. So I, uh, I, I yep. just forgot yep. what you're called. And, uh, and now I'm looking at it right now. It's plain to see. Uh, if you want to find it, it says Brian J. MBA is creating NBA draft and summary content. So you can find it on Patreon. If you have trouble finding it, you can ask me or Brian. I'll get you there. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, sir, for joining me. Yep. Uh, and we'll do it again soon. As for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. Check out Brian's content. And we'll see you next time.